Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Metcast, the official podcast of Manchester Metropolitan University. In each episode, we bring you interviews, insights and inspiration from students, staff, alumni and the wider world and share some of our great stories that we've discovered from across the university. The podcast also supports Met Magazine, our online and print magazine for alumni, staff, students and friends, which is packed with news and features, think pieces, arts coverage, lifestyle articles and much more. You can find the very latest issue of Met Magazine on campus or head to mmu.ac.uk slash metmagazine where you can subscribe to the digital edition or check out the wider selection of podcasts, videos and articles online. With society hurtling towards an increasingly digital future and cities like Manchester leading that charge with innovation, investment and education, the need for greater security has never been stronger. In this episode of Metcast, we'll hear from two Manchester Metropolitan University experts on how projects like Greater Manchester Cyber Foundry are seeking out solutions to global problems, while helping businesses and students prepare for a digitally focused future. First up, Keith Miller, Head of Strategic Partnerships in the School of Computing, Mathematics and Digital Technology and Academic Lead on the GMCA Digital Steering Group, spoke to Chris Morris about Cyber Foundry a project led by Manchester Metropolitan University to help protect the region's small and medium-sized businesses from malicious attacks. We as a university are very strong in uh, important areas of cyber security, things like the dark web, blockchain and the Internet of Things. All of these technologies open up um, areas of vulnerability. One of the things that the faculty is particularly focused around is Industry 4.0, where uh, Industry is looking to make uh, much greater use of cyber physical systems to improve productivity. Again, cybersecurity is essential to make uh, Industry 4.0 uh, an effective technology. In my role as chair of the Greater Manchester Cyber Advisory Group, I can see how different parts of Manchester work together. So the combined authority, Greater Manchester Police, uh, National Health and the universities get around the table and look at the uh, problems um, uh, on the cyber landscape, but also, I think more importantly, uh, see the opportunities and develop solutions. The GM Cyber Foundry is a European Union funded partnership with four universities that aims to boost business growth amongst small and medium sized enterprises through the application of cybersecurity expertise that resides in the universities. The GM Cyber Foundry project works through um, uh, a business intervention program where we work with uh, SMEs to identify their needs in terms of cyber security um, and then we'll use that uh, working with business to identify much uh, deeper projects where we can apply our uh, research and innovation for new products and services. I think uh, there's real opportunity here to make uh, Greater Manchester uh, a leading uh, cybersecurity centre. We've already seen the move of GCHQ and investing from the Greater Manchester Combined Authority in a cyber innovation centre. So I think all these things together make Manchester a great place to do cybersecurity work. But it's important not to forget why we're doing this. The real reason why we're this project is, is coming to being is we want to make Greater Manchester a trusted place to do digital business. This meets Greater Manchester's objective to be a top five um, uh, digital city uh, and I think 
by working in this way we can apply our, our research strengths more effectively. So the SMEs that we will be working with come from a, a broad range of sectors within Greater Manchester so we can have real impact. The, the weaknesses that can arise through um, exploiting cyber force can cause real damage to companies, um, you know, whether it's reputational damage or financial loss. The aim with Cyber Foundry is to, is to um, reduce those to a minimum. I think we, we want to, as I said, really emphasise the positive uh, strengths in the, in, in the project in terms of cyber security. The companies will, rather than be um, embroiled in dealing with uh, cyber vulnerabilities and threats, will be able to, to do their business more effectively and in that way uh, make a greater contribution to uh, Greater Manchester's digital economy. We've seen with the uh, WannaCry ransomware um, uh, attack the impact of uh, uh, exploiting a vulnerability in, in our systems. The impact of Greater Manchester was, was felt um, widely and through working in, with the Cyber Foundry we believe that we can reduce those threats um, to, to a minimum. We believe that our students will have greater exposure to those industries. We will be developing relationships with really a wide variety of industries and I think that will benefit um, our students and also our staff in, in terms of their engagement with industry. I think the top priorities for uh, the city in the digital sphere is actually to, to make sure that we have a unified vision uh, for the city and work together with that. I think we have a lot of strengths in the city, and not least the strengths of the four universities who are involved in the Cyber Foundry. And I think working together, we, we can actually apply our, our strengths, uh, whether it be in research and knowledge exchange, or indeed uh, supplying the, 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 the talent pool. I think we can uh, really make a great contribution. Supporting and training businesses in protecting themselves against cyber threats is one thing. But with the speed at which malware, ransomware, phishing and cryptojacking changes, how do we ensure we stay ahead of the increasingly sophisticated ways criminals can target us? Dr. Rob Hegarty has worked with police to map social media networks, developed software to help trace Bluetooth devices in our rapidly evolving Internet of Things environment, and will be using his experience as part of the Greater Manchester Cyber Foundry project. My work is research into cyber security and digital forensic issues. I've worked with, with law enforcement for quite a few years um, in the UK and overseas on, on, on projects in those areas. So I tend to develop solutions that are looking at technology that's emerging or is on the horizon. So rather than try to react to, um, to the challenges of legacy kit, we're trying to look forward and say, okay, what's, what's happening next year, what's happening five years from now, as much as you ever can with tech. Uh, so we're looking at the Internet of Things, we're looking at Industry 4.0 to see what challenges are going to emerge and how we can identify those early and advise businesses on how to address the challenges in that space. done a lot of work into the visualisation of social networks, so trying to, trying to take measures from social network theory and visualise them to, to allow uh, insight into the connectivity between different individuals or different clusters of individuals uh, that are using social networks. So the original target was uh, the high volume of low-level crime we see in social networks. So you see cyberbullying, we see hate speech online, and it's about trying to identify the networks of people involved in those activities. It can also be applied to your to your cyber-enabled crime. So 
people selling stolen goods online, uh, people communicating and after there's been a, an incident or before there's been uh, there's been some, some trouble in the real world and trying to analyse and visualise those, those relationships to allow investigators to get a joined up picture of what's going on. The threat landscape's constantly evolving. If we, if we look back um, over the last 12, 18 months, we've got uh, instances of ransomware, we've got uh, WannaCry hit the, the NHS and had a massive impact on, on a large organisation. We see smaller organisations targeted with the same sort of uh, attacks. So we'll see extortion where data's been encrypted uh, and they'll have to pay a bitcoin to retrieve the data. We're also seeing attacks now on the web presence of, of businesses because small businesses need to be agile and need to, to grasp the, uh, the emerging technology. They will jump on platforms without fully understanding them. And this can be legacy web platforms if we look at uh, content management systems. They're still under attack, they've been under attack for, for years, but the impact is much greater on a, on a, on a small to medium enterprise. We're also seeing uh, the emergence of the, of the Internet of Things, um, the established concept of bringing your own device to work, and obviously when you're a small business and you don't have massive infrastructure, you will encourage your, your employees to bring those devices to work, and it brings a whole host of security issues along with it. So we'll be able to advise on those issues, We'll also be able to have a look over the horizon, hopefully, and say, okay, these are the these are the challenges that you will face in the in the short to medium term future. We've got some bases covered for 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 your existing infrastructure, but as you branch out and you you look into automation, um, you look into AI, there are there are you know there are opportunities, but there are also risks and, and challenges around those technologies. I think the Internet of Things, in, in particular, in, impacts businesses because the supply chain is quite opaque. You can buy a device that you use, it could be an IP camera for monitoring your premises in a conventional business setting, and you, you can't be sure of where the, the data is being streamed to, you can't be sure if you're being compliant with GDPR, because it's a black box. You install it, you can see the physical hardware, but the back end is, is completely hidden from you, so you're connected to the internet and it communicates to, to God knows where, and does God knows what, and it, it's difficult um, for non-technical businesses and technical businesses alike to understand the complexity of, of those devices and those services. Good security practice isn't about being an impregnable fortress, it's about knowing how to respond afterwards. So to get in, in touch with uh, action fraud, to contact um, your, your customers, to contact other people that may re rely on you if you're a part of a supply chain and to make them aware of, of what's happened and how you're going to remediate that, uh, that problem. The two, the two big examples that kind of shine out, they're not MS, SMEs, but there are lessons to be, to be learned there. The Talk Talk hack we had 12, 18 months ago, and that was not handled particularly well. Uh, we saw uh, a chief, chief executive wheeled out in front of the news. They looked like a scared rabbit in the headlights. At the same time, uh, Weatherspoons had a, a similar attack. They were extremely transparent about it. They immediately contacted all the customers that had been impacted. They knew what data had been uh, had been leaked. They were aware of that because they could have they had good security practice. So we t we teach the conventional skills that you'd expect on a on a cyber security degree. They are quite well established now. So we teach um, a lot of skills around ethical hacking. So we'll we'll look at the skill set required to understand how an attacker thinks, how they attack a network. We'll also look at the the white hat stuff. So. How do you go about reporting uh, breaches if you've identified those breaches? 
we look at defence, so we, we teach the students how to mitigate various classes of attack. And also, we, from the second year to the, to the final year in particular, we start to carry out a lot of research-informed teaching. So we'll take the projects that we're working on, we'll take the, the Bluetooth low energy research, we'll take the social network analysis, and we'll filter that into, into what we teach. So that gives the students an awareness of what's going on uh, in the research world, it gives them a, a bigger picture, it also allows them to engage in their own projects and gives them a, a competitive edge when they come to, to seek employment. We have the, the Ethical Hacking Society that was set up almost four years, maybe five years ago, and, and it was initially led by staff, but students quickly took over that, that role. So we invite industry speakers along. It's, a, it's an out-of-hours event that's usually run in the student union, and the students can show up. They have a safe space uh, to demonstrate the, the ethical hacking skills, the projects that they've been working on, and they also have speakers from the likes of, of the BBC and Greater Manchester Police come along and talk to them about, about current issues. So it's a, it's a good uh, opportunity for students that, that want to go that extra mile to have uh, the facilities to do that. We see huge demand from, from businesses. Um, it's a very competitive, uh, competitive world. It's difficult to recruit good people in cyber security. So we have students go out on placements to all the, the major cyber security companies in and around Manchester. And we take that opportunity when we visit the students to discuss the curriculum to ensure what we're teaching is, is up to date and relevant to the, the students' careers. And in exchange, they get to draw on, on you know, the huge pool of talent that we're developing here at, at MMU. I think Manchester's a really interesting city in terms of there's a lot of innovation going on. There's a lot of established uh, tech companies in and around Manchester. Um, and they will generate interesting research problems, interesting cyber security problems and challenges. But with the, the move of GCHQ to the city, um, with, we can see that we have the expertise, we're having more big players drawn in from the security space to set up a presence in and around the city. So the, the future is really bright in terms of security in Manchester. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Manchester Metropolitan University's Metcast. As mentioned earlier in the show, you can explore the stories in this or previous shows by visiting mmu.ac.uk slash metmagazine, where you'll also be able to read the magazine in full and explore videos, podcasts, articles, and much more. Your feedback is always welcome, as are much-needed reviews and ratings on iTunes, so if you have a moment, please head there and let us know what you think. Alternatively, if you'd like to contact us or if you feel you've got a story we should be covering here, please get in touch with us via content at mmu.ac.uk. That's all for this episode, though. I've been Noel Meller. We'll see you next time.